Welcome to the Renegade Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, John Maffey, Marty Linder, and Matt Black. You can find us on Twitter at FFRenegades and visit our website at FantasyFootballRenegades.com. Marty wants to spend some time on the introduction talking about how the league originated. You know, he was one of the original kind of architects of the league. Why don't you uh, take as much time as you would like and talk about how the league was started. As to my recollection of our creation of our league, it began roughly five, six years ago now. Five years ago, actually almost five years ago earlier, that the commissioner of our league called me. He was in a another lifetime league, but was unhappy with the payout structure, the league structure. He was not pleased with the direction that league was going or had been. And he'd been in that league for a number of years, 10 plus years. He'd been in the league a long time. He's also my cousin. So he ca- he calls me and, and it's, it's kind of funny because he walks around it like he's selling it to me, even though. Yeah, right. And the, the funny part about that is he's selling me something that I'm willingly buying quickly. So. <laughs> Him slow rolling it to me seemed largely unnecessary. I pointed that out at the time. But he asked if I'd be interested in getting involved in a dynasty league. And I said, you know, yes. And so after the initial discussion of starting a dynasty league, which I think was at the end of the previous fantasy season, we're in a different league. We started trying to find people. And largely we end up getting um, acquaintances, family members, um, people we'd known forever so. Largely, the roster of the league started out as you could almost call it like very familial because you know everybody. You know, had you I've, ever I've, been had you ever been in a fantasy dynasty league before? No, I'd never done fantasy dynasty. I'd done mostly yearly leagues. Been on ESPN. Been doing one um, on real time fantasy sports. I've been in several different ones, but I'd never done a um, any kind of dynasty fantasy before. Not even a keeper, just a straight yearly league is the only thing I'd ever done previously. And I think that's the same for Matt. I, it is the same for me. Yeah. I've never been uh, in a dynasty. I had actually never really even done a one-year league before, so it was a brand new experience for me. Yeah, you were brand new to it. Yes. Brand new, yeah. yeah. I, I had hardly watched an NFL game in years when I started this thing. Yeah, it was it was a very um, I mean, we spent a lot of time going over scoring, um, not just we, we wanted to create our own league as opposed to just, you know, clicking and starting one up. There was discussion of rules, how we would do trading, different things like that. It was a long process. I think we ended up spending most of three or four months, you know, between work and days off and just on the phone. I know the commissioner would end up running the numbers and we we would get, okay, I, you know, visualize how the scoring should be done, how we view each grouping of players, what their scoring should be. And he would go back and run some numbers and run through things. And we really found out that the numbers meshed well with the game. And so the scoring represented the game very well, which ended up working out very nicely. Can you talk a, a little bit about the scoring? Because our, our scoring is really quite a bit different than very unique. It, any any other league really that I've seen? What we really discovered and what I really pushed for was I wanted to view the each position since we start a group of players as a as a whole, so that instead of looking at a running back solely by himself, we look at a running back group as you know yards for a game. And the same with the wide receivers. Instead of just thinking about wide receivers in terms of one wide receiver, we thought about it in terms of okay, we have you can have three or four starting wide receivers, and we thought about that in terms of scoring or you know total yardage in a game 
And I remember years ago, and this is not fantasy related, but when Bill Parcells was coaching the Cowboys, he had made a comment that yards equal points, and he, he would view like 100 yards equaling one touchdown. So for every 100 yards of offense generated or special teams offense generated, that should yield you a touchdown in the game. So if you had you know, 400 yards of, you know, offense and special teams yardage, you should have four touchdowns. Well, as a process, when we kept looking at this, we kind of, we discovered that it looked like for about every 120 yards rushing in a game, you generated one rushing touchdown. And for every 240 yards passing, you generated two passing touchdowns, you know, or 120 to, to one, same with passing. So it was really interesting that the, the rushing yardage and the passing yardage generally yielded the same amount of touchdowns. So it very easily, we looked at it and said, okay, if, if 120 yards is giving you six points, then let's make 120 yards worth six points. Mm-hmm. Because that, that generation of that yardage by a player is generally going to yield. Now, that player may not get the touchdown, but that player should be awarded the six points because that yardage is giving you a touchdown's worth of scoring for a team in a game. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but at the outside of the league, the, the sort of thesis statement of our league was to try and have it feel as close to the NFL as possible. So our scoring and our roster setup and all of that is trying to emulate the way the real NFL feels, right? Yeah. I, one of the things that I really wanted, I, I pushed for, because in my playing in fantasy, I was really bothered by, and I'm sure that there was other, I know Bill, um, who was our one of our team owners, he was really, I, I think we all wanted the games to feel correct. I know I've, I've played in games before where I, I had a I played against a team whose defense, it was the Bears, I remember this, had a horrible performance, gave up over 30 points, but ended up having a very positive high number on the defensive score because they had a lot of sacks and a lot of other things. And I'm like, that was a bad performance. They lost the game, and it wasn't indicative, but their defensive scoring wasn't indicative of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want us to be in a situation where, where you can watch a game, watch a performance by the player, but feel like his – that, that somehow it's out of whack. And and I think to our point, five years in the league, I've never w- looked at a score or looked at any scoring in our games in our league and felt like anything felt hinky. Where I've never looked at it and went, wow, that feels odd. That 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 doesn't feel like that score is natural to the game. I've, I've felt like that a couple times when I lost by half a point, but... <laughs> <laughs> that does bring up an interesting, uh, also another differentiator... Uh, of our league and other leagues is that our defenses they start at zero and then they yes. just go they go negative whereas so many other leagues you start with with 10 points or, 20. or something of that nature and then they subtract or in a lot of dynasty leagues you just see no defenses at all right and so uh, let's talk a little bit about just the exact scoring that we're getting for yards and for passing you know for quarterbacks running backs receivers tight ends etc just so we kind of set the bar for how how our league is scored well once we looked at and discovered that the yards for the running back and yards for a receiver the receiving yards and rushing yards generally yielded the same point output and scoring we um decided okay so their their scoring should be the same so 120 yards yielded a touchdown or six points so we ended up with six points for 120 yards one point for every 20 yards um and it's the same for receiving and since tight ends are part of that receiving core it all just got grouped in together so your running backs wide receivers and tight ends now all get 
one point for every 20 rushing yards and then six points for every touchdown. That part's very standard. The yards are a bit less. We also didn't want to skew numbers to make players more important. We didn't want to just say, oh, well, since the, the statistical analysis of it didn't show that rushing yards were generating more points and impacting the game differently, we didn't want to say, okay, well, you know, passing, you know, receiving yards are one for 20, rushing yards are one for 10. I think the goal of us here is that we didn't want to intentionally skew a position to create more value in that position. Mm-hmm. We, we wanted everything to be balanced, and we wanted the position to skew itself based on uh, the performance of the athlete. Mm-hmm. So if you have a high-performing wide receiver, if he's going to give you 100 yards a game or 120 and a touchdown, that's going to be – that the performance is going to make him an outlier, not just the fact that that person's a running back and he's going to have more yards. And, and that artificially values people that aren't actually valuable. Yeah, um, the value of our players is not – artificially created it's it's trying to be based off of their real life performance yeah so it's really easy to gauge a guy you can watch a guy have a good game and it's going to translate to your fantasy performance let's talk about um how you came about the roster construction because we have one quarterback one running back which is unusual three wide receivers which is also unusual uh tight end kicker and defense so what was the thinking behind that roster construction? Um, I think a lot of the, well, I'll say the, the establishment of how the rosters, the starter construction, not the, yeah. I mean, cause we don't limit, we limit the total roster number, but we don't limit positionally. You could have 10 kickers if you want. Correct. And let, let's clear that up. We have a, a 24 slot roster, right? And you can allocate any way you want, except that you can only have two defenses at one time. And I forgot to mention we have a flex position as well. So it's yes. one quarterback, one running back, three receivers, flex, tight end, defense, and kicker. I think a lot of that was done to represent like how um, how majority of the league structures their offense. I mean, it, most back, you know, w- watching a game, how, how often do you see a two-back set? It's a one-back set. You have three to five wide receivers and a tight end or the tight ends part of it. And you have four wide receivers and a tight end. And then you have, you know, we've got a kicker and you've got a defense um, and you get your quarterback. I, I think that was done because, you know, with the modern um, emphasis on passing that, you know, it's just the way the structure of the game is, is that three wide receivers is basically how most teams operate nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so the league kind of represents that well. And the nice part about the flex position is, okay, well, if you want to go two, if you want to go four, you know, two tight ends, two running backs, or four wide receivers, it gives you the option to, to flesh out those positions a little differently. And we also have 14 teams in our league. So we are really deep in our rosters. And what I've found is that for the wide receivers, for example, you don't have to have a bunch of wide receiver ones. In fact, it's almost impossible to have a bunch of wide receiver one. So you end up with, you're happy if you've got a wide receiver one and a couple wide receiver twos. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going you're gonna to do well in that scenario. There's multiple ways to construct your roster in our league, which is really great. You can have two wide running back ones, which is hard to do, but if you end up with them, that can help you really dominate and win. But you can also have two top wide receivers and achieve much the same result. Yeah. Um, because, because the points and yardage are all going to balance out. And so the op- that's why, I mean, I like getting a lot of wide receivers. It gives you an opportunity to really stockpile a position that you can put a lot of them 
into there. But at the same time, you know, running backs, you can get two running backs starting. And if they're both top 10 running backs or top 14, you're in a really tough dominant position in, in your games often. And like, you know, Matt, you referenced earlier, you've lost by a half a point. And that's yeah. why it's so important for people to make sure your roster lineups are set. You know, because sometimes a guy may score two points, and that's a difference in our league. That's, you know, we've – these games are much tighter. The scoring – I mean, 40 points can win a game, 45 points, not 145 points. So <laughs> it's a different scoring, but, you know, it's basically just attenuated down. It's just not as cranked up, but the scoring is still – valid and the way the scoring structure works it's just <laughs> it's just different but it's it doesn't change the level of excitement or how a game operates yeah um, the difficulty i'll say the difficulty the, the trickiest position to get correct in the scoring was quarterback especially how many yards a quarterback puts up and touchdowns mm-hmm. and how to properly score that so that you don't end up with the quarterback being so dominant and put up so many points that just can skew skew the entire game. And what ended up happening was the way it was explained to me is that we charted the wide receivers and running backs, and basically we and charted them out by tier um, and basically put them on a graph, is my understanding, and then took the quarterbacks, graphed them, and then adjusted the scoring of the quarterbacks and played with the, played around with it to find a scoring level that matched. Not that the points have to match, but the way the graph looks matches the running backs and, and wide receivers. So that the tiers, the, the 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 breakdown of it looks the same as it looks under wide receivers and 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 running backs. And I think it, it makes it it comes out pretty balanced. I mean, mm-hmm. you can still have some people go off and their game's gonna reflect that when they're gonna put up big games, but, but that um, can happen at any position. Everything balances out nicely. I, I've really enjoyed it. And let's make it clear, we didn't say this before, but we do not give a point per reception or a half point per reception. And that is the standard now in fantasy football. Um, So not only do we give less points for yardage, because most of the time it's 0.1 point per yard, we do 0.05 points per yard, but we also do not have a point per reception or or a half point per reception which is standard in, in most leagues. So it, it's quite a bit different scoring. Um, I do agree that it gives you, I think, a more balanced team. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only difference that, that I would say is that because of the way the NFL uses receiving running backs now, um, we don't get the benefit of that really other than the, the receiving yardage that they get. The yeah, which is exactly the yardage representative that it is, though. I mean, if yeah. if a running back's going to catch eighty yards of passing, he's going to get four points. If he catches a touchdown at six, it 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 makes him just look as a wide receiver as opposed to scoring him out of position and giving him some abnormal bump just for catching a football. Right, um, and yeah, the league that this league was born from too had a lot of that positional adjusted scoring. Yes. Tight ends were given like one point per eight yards or something crazy like that because Michael Vick's season was so great. They didn't have any, uh, like rushing for a quarterback wasn't rewarded at all. So it, this league kind of has a bit of bounce back from that. I, I, I think our commissioner's done a great job. I, I think that I year to year over five years, I haven't sat down at one point and thought we really need to change this. This is really an issue. Everything's been, Really well thought out, but that's why we spent so much time early on. We wanted the league to get off the ground running and and to be going forward something that 
it doesn't need adjustment because hopefully we've we've balanced it out nicely where everybody feels good about it so that 10 years from now everybody's like yep still fine right you know? right we have had some turnover in the league we've had mm -hmm. what three new members now uh yes i think we're on our third new member now yes that is third, correct third new member the the horseman uh is the newest um okay so marty i think that's a, a pretty good overview of how the league started and scoring etc do you have anything else to add to that no i think we're pretty good unless matt wants an aside note that you will probably want to edit out <laughs> what's that matt, well matt do you want this what when, one of the things when we started is your dad wanted trade oh, yeah. oversight for the league because i think he had a concern that you or your brother would get taken advantage of us by in trades and I said, I said, I don't, I don't think we should do that because it, if, if it, not just not to protect, not protect you guys or whatever, but just from the concept of, I don't want someone else assuming I'm making a bad trade based on their perception of a player. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's correct. We do not have any oversight for our trades and there are leagues that do that. And I believe strongly that you should not do that. And I'm very happy that we do not do that everybody's invested we we pay a pro, we pay a fee to play every year um and we you know it's there's a pace there's a structure to the to the game and i i think that that's everyone's responsibility to take care of their own team in the long run and make make decisions they feel are good for themselves and good and the good of their team and i i just don't think it behooves anyone to to make a bad trade intentionally or yeah. to, to, I mean, I, and I don't think anyone here is, you know, paying someone off the back channel or whatever. And I don't, I, I there is so much difference of opinion on futures of athletes, uh, teams they're on, where they're drafted, what they are. There's so much differentiation that I, I just can't, I don't think anyone should have oversight of someone else's opinion, which is all this is what it comes down to. I agree completely. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's really interesting how Matt really, just said, you know what? I'm going to just redo my entire roster <laughs> last year. Um, it was yeah. it was refreshing and it was fun, and I highly recommend uh, players to do that. If if you are just stuck in the doldrums and you want to just redo your team, put all your team up for auction. Mm -hmm. You know, just say say let's let's do some trades. And uh, I I don't know the final count, but Matt, how many how many players do you think you got rid of, and how many players do you think you added? Uh, during that whole process okay so out of our 24 team roster i think i got rid of something like 10 yeah that's and, what and i was brought thinking. in a, a mix of draft picks and players and yeah. all sorts of things i started out the year 0 and 7 and my team was looking terrible and i was about ready to throw in the hat on the whole season you know just waiver wire auto set lineup who cares right um but then i decided Hey, this is, you know, fantasy football. I enjoy trading. Uh, this year can still be fun. And then I went for it as hard as I could. I put my entire team, except for three or four players, on trade block and was messaging people just about every day with, hey, I saw you have a need at this position. Do you maybe want this guy? No, okay, well, then I'll go to the next guy. And, oh, oh you want this? Okay, here, take it. Yeah, why not? Um, and I revamped my roster, and I started out as 0-7 and, and then finished out the year 5-1. and 1, Very nearly made the playoffs. Nice, yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking at your moves last year. I didn't even think pay attention to how many moves you did make last year. Mm -hmm. You did make quite a few. You're active on the waiver wire, which is 
speak okay so talking about matt and his roster activity so there's been a move by or there there's a after the start of the league there has been a push by several owners that they would like a larger roster from 24 <laughs> but one of the reasons we've resisted that is that when again in the previous dynasty league i think their roster size was 26 is either 25 or 26 so the roster size i believe in the other league was 26 and i had helped the commissioner in his previous league who's actually my cousin also i've i've looked through his league and tried to find him waiver pickups and there's nothing it's really empty and i thought you know the, the modern nfl Players are picked up off of practice squads. People are added during the week. Bottoms of rosters are churned. And that's how teams get better. And so we, we and the commissioner liked this idea, and I really got on board with it, and I'm really paying attention to it. That 24 um, roster limit really leads us to having some players available on waivers, some rookies, um, and some other positions that allow you to improve your roster. And I know I've picked up players that are young and developed and I've kept on my team um, because of the waiver wire and working it later into the season, keeping those guys. I think that's been really beneficial to me um, in improving my team. And I, yeah, you've, you've even said that the, you enjoy having to make those hard decisions about who to keep on your roster and who not to keep on your roster. Yeah. I feel like it's reflective of having a team. It's reflective, actually, not that we're managing an NFL team. We don't deal with salary cap and budgets, which is that that's just an extra level of complication, but we do have to trim our roster down and, you know, deciding who you think you're going to keep because other teams might be interested in them and who Mm -hmm. might you want to throw out there that you might be able to pick up later on in the season is um, I think that's an important aspect of the fun of it. Yeah. And let's um, talk just briefly about that. We've got a 24-man roster. We have five rookie picks each year. Uh, During the playoffs, when you're not in the playoffs, you get to pick up uh, someone off the waiver without having to drop anyone. And so it's possible, if I remember correctly, you can have 32 uh, maximum at the time of cut down if you only have five picks. Now, Matt, you've got six picks in the top two rounds, I think this year. So I'm going to be interested to see what you do with that. But um, we don't do our drops until the very, very last second. It's all after the preseason training camp. It's it's I think it's a week, a week after the NFL cuts down 